2: DA on CBS Sports Radio. DA, how you
3: feeling, bro? Man, I'm feeling great. I'm doing great. Happy Thursday, boys and girls. One question, one question only. How do you feel? I feel good, and I'm doing well. Look, that's all that really matters coming your way in 20 minutes from now. Is Florida State going to bolt the ACC? Is plate tectonics conference realignment once again grips the nation? Plus, advanced analytics and your epic fail at the end of the hour. But speaking of realignment, Colorado will be wrapping up its tenure in the Pac-12 and heading to the Big 12. But even though there might not be a ton of wins on the docket, Colorado has a lot of attention, maybe more than almost anybody else in the country because of their new head coach, Deion Sanders. They are most certainly one of the 25 most interesting stories of the college football season. It's time for the Sounds of Saturday. The DA Show counts down the days
1: until the electricity of college football season returns with the game's
2: greatest voices. It is tipped off. Hey,
0: Lewis coming on I'm going to punch it. Lewis is going to score. Lewis is going to score. Lewis is going to score. score. Touchdown over
4: from 50, 10, 5, touchdown, 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 not win it, we're headed to Atlanta. Touchdown Boston College, he did it, he did
1: it, Exploded. he did it. All oh, the band is out on the field, the Bears have won, oh my God, the most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending, exciting, thrilling finish in the history of college football.
2: It's the sounds of Saturday, every morning on CBS Sports Radio. Montez,
1: boots to his left, he's got a man wide open, he throws it, catches man,
3: Levisca, left
1: corner, he dies, it's on, touchdown, Levisca shutout!
3: He is in his 19th season as the play-by-play voice for Colorado football and men's basketball, has been the voice of the Buffaloes since 0405. 4 he's also CU's first ever director of audio broadcasting for the athletic department. Joining us this morning here on the show is Mark
2: Johnson. Mark, good morning. Hey, good morning. It's, uh, it's When we get to August and camp starts, it's like Christmas morning, isn't it, for those of us that love college football?
3: It's beautiful. It's right around the corner and, boy, in Boulder, there's more energy, more juice than there's been in a long, long time. Describe to us the feeling around CU football this year.
2: Well, a little bit different. I mean, you know, last season, Colorado was 1-11. So I like to say it was a bad 1-11 if there is such a thing, and you know, we were probably the most uninteresting and irrelevant college football team in America. And yeah, then on December 4th, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders hires the a head coach, and everything's changed. I mean, you know, uh, th- there's a lot going on, obviously, as you were just pointing out, in college football with all the realignment. There's many great stories. I'm not sure there's a more intriguing program right now in college football because everyone's wondering, you know, is Coach Prime going to do what he says he's going to do? Is, uh, he's trying to do things a little bit differently, maybe change the approach of how you rebuild a program and I think there's a lot of eyes on Colorado and Boulder and trying to figure out, uh, you know, what Coach Prime is all about. But right now, it's—I always say—I'm in the interesting business, and there's no place, you know, more interesting than, than Boulder, Colorado, right
3: now. Yeah, we don't usually highlight one in eleven teams in our top twenty-five storylines heading into college football, but certainly see you as one of those because of Dion Sanders. When he first took over, there was the video that went viral that they posted on social media about him basically telling the guys that were here, pack your bags because I got guys coming in. And not everybody took kindly to that, thinking that it was kind of an exploitive of the athletes that were there. How has that been received in Boulder by CU fans and alumni?
2: Well, I, I like to say all the time that you know fans see with their hearts and not with their eyes. And so that they took that as meaning I'm setting the bar very high, Uh, I will bring guys in if you guys don't want to play at the level that I'm asking you to play, and I think that's the way that that CU fans took it. I know it was taken very differently around the country. Uh, What has he done? He he has totally rolled over that roster. I remember last year we did uh, two games. It was the uh, TCU game and the USC game, Gary Barnett and I, and we were talking about how many new guys the the first-year coaches then had brought in. It was 48 or 49 or somewhere thereabouts, and I thought that was an enormous number, and and yet that has been just uh, totally surpassed by what Prime has done so far. Including walk-ons this year, there are 88 new players on the roster when they started camp here yesterday. I think it's 68 or 69 scholarship guys. There's only 10 scholarship players returning on the roster from that 111 team, and so it's been a total overhaul. And and I think, like I said, CU fans are starving for success. It's been a a long dry 15 year run with the exception of 2016. So. Uh, they're loving what he's doing, and, and anything he does right now is just magical for uh, CU fans, and they're very hopeful what's coming up uh, starting September 2nd at TCU.
3: Being up close with an intimate perspective on Coach Prime, what have you witnessed about his presence, about his, um, his angles, about his plan?
2: Well, you know, there's. I think when you, when you look at him, like, you know, I've been saying he's one of one. I mean, he comes in here. We, we didn't hire a coach; we hired a celebrity. We called, hired a cultural icon as the head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes, who happens to coach college uh, football. I was doing a show months ago, and somebody said, "Really, you don't think anybody else would have this kind of impact?" And I laughed and said, "Well, maybe if Oprah Winfrey decided to coach, I don't know." But I mean, he brings such yeah. a unique persona to this job. Um, you know, most football coaches they come in. And, you know, they get nose to the grindstone and they're focused on football, 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 and you don't hear anything else. With Deion Sanders, what you see is all the social media activity. It's all the things above and beyond while he's coaching the football team. He brings this, you know, I don't know if it's fair to say Kardashian kind of attention, but it's along those same lines where it's just everywhere. I think he's utilizing social media unlike any college football coach in the country, and my guess is a lot are kind of you know, keeping an eye on is wondering: do, do I have to kind of expand more into that that area while I'm coaching a football team? And so, it's it's totally unique, kind of his approach, uh, the, the the persona he brings, the uh, charisma that he brings. It's really kind of unique, and I'm fascinated to kind of watch how it's going to unfold once the games begin.
3: Voice of the Buffaloes, Mark Johnson, joins us this morning here on the program. I think you're right, it, and it's not a criticism, but a Kardashian vibe suggests that via the. The cameras watching and following and covering everything. Yeah. It adds attention and eyes and drama. And I'm wondering, what is it like around the, the facility with cameras, I'm assuming, far more places than there's ever been?
2: Well, you, you better watch out about your conversations, right? <laughs> so, yeah. No matter where you go. Yeah, I tell the story right around the spring game here so, uh, back in, in May. We go in and we sit down with our crew to do an interview with, with with Coach Prime, and while we're sitting there, there there are you know one or two other camera crews in there videotaping us, videotaping him, and so it's this, <laughs> it's this kind of circumstance that you know he's got his his documentary people and, and his social media people they're around all the time, so everywhere you go, you know there there are cell phones videotaping or there are camera crews videotaping, there are microphones everywhere, and so it's just kind of this this you're 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 in the middle of it. You're on all the time. And and that's kind of the, the world in which he lives in. And then you watch his social media accounts, the various accounts that, that follow him, I mean it's it's everywhere. It's 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 him, you know, walking down the hallway talking to a student athlete. It's it's him in the team meeting. It's him, you know, uh, interacting with students on campus. I mean it's just it's non And so it's this uh, you know, Forever Live. Uh, what, what was the Jim Carrey movie years ago where, where you know he was on camera yeah, all the, the time? Show. I mean, it's it got got that vibe to it, if you will, and and it's it's something that I'm not sure all of us get used to, but uh, it's kind of the world in which we live in right now in Boulder.
3: I would imagine that this is very exciting for CU fans. Has it translated to the casual sports fan or the casual Buffs observer in Boulder, Denver, and the state that now people are paying attention to Colorado football?
2: Oh, there's, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I, I do a little little wilderness horseback ride every year with, with a bunch of guys. And these are, are, I would say, average sports fans. Maybe, you know, they've... They, but maybe every once in a while keep tabs on what's going on, and it was the non. So that was just last week. I was up in Wyoming doing that. It was nonstop conversation. Every single guy had to come by at one point or time and ask me about, you know, what, what's this this Coach Prime thing? You know, they're not even, not even sure who Prime is, but they, they've heard of Coach Prime, and so it's really kind of captured the attention of I think the casual fan out there. Uh, you know that that is really boosting everything right now I mean we're you know sold out season ticket base for the first time since 1996 the endorsements the sponsorships the donations are all through the roof right now the spring game was sold out for the first time ever so the casual fan is taking note you know it's that old line about you know somebody's really famous when your grandmother knows who they are right and and right now I think every grandma in the, the state of Colorado knows who coach prime is
3: what's a realistic barometer of success coming off a one-win season
2: yeah, that, that's that's the sixty thousand dollar question. I mean, how do you how do you gauge this thing? You've got a new coach, a new staff, a new system, a brand new roster of players that I'm still trying to figure out who they are. I got in the elevator a few weeks ago, and you know, eight seven seven or eight guys got on with me, and I didn't know any of them. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's so weird, and so people always say, "Well, what do you expect?" I'm not sure because I, I don't know who these guys are and and how they play and how good they are. I'm not sure what to base it on. So. You know anything is going to be an improvement when you're a bad one and eleven a year ago. If he goes four, you know four and eight on the season, that's a four-fold increase. That'd be a, a spectacular increase. However, the fans I hear from are always—I mean, fans are just out of their minds right now. They're thinking this team's going to go ten and two. We're going to be playing for the Pac-12 championship. Uh, could be in the conference or in the uh, college football playoffs. I mean, so fans are just over the moon right now. The reality is going to be someplace in between what you know Vegas is saying with the three and a half over and under. And, and where the fans are, and, and you know, any increase is going to be a great increase because of how bad it was a year ago. But uh, it's it's going to be a wild ride.
3: What is the biggest reason Colorado is going to the Big Twelve?
2: Well, I, I think it's the just the unmitigated failure of what the Pac-12 was from from when we made that jump twelve years ago, and all the promises of the Pac-12 network and the you know the media rights opportunities and on and on, and on that never. Uh, ever then came to fruition. I think you know, that's the number one because there's just so much unknown right now, and and that's why you're seeing what's happening down in Arizona. You're seeing all the reports out there about you know Oregon and Washington. Everybody is trying to figure out where's the safest ground to land on because right now things are so unsettled in the Pac-12, and it doesn't appear that there's any you know solid footing to be had here in the near future. And so I think that's why probably Colorado had to jump because there's just there, it, it, there's just no promise moving forward. It, it's been. It's been all the talk that we've seen for 12 seasons that never quite, as I said, come to fruition. And then you know the bus just had to look for some place that was uh, you know going to be uh, you know positive and, and financially viable moving forward.
3: Fans probably just started to get used to Colorado in the Pac-12, but has that move been met with uh, applause and optimism?
2: Yeah, the move to the Big Twelve has been because you know people always think about the glory days. They're always going back to the you know the Big Seven, Big Eight, Big Twelve days. Bill McCartney through the ninety early nineties and winning a national championship, and so everyone thinks about that. The move to the Pac twelve, I know it's easy now to criticize that, but but when it happened, when Mike Bone made that move as the athletic director of Colorado back in two thousand ten two thousand eleven. It, it seemed like the right move. Colorado's uh, alumni footprint is in the West Coast. I mean, it's in California. And so the academics made sense. The uh, alumni footprint made sense. Uh, things beyond that, of course, never quite uh, you know came the way they were supposed to. And so they had to move back. So I think there's a lot of, a lot of that yesteryear kind of uh, nostalgia people are enjoying right now by going back to the Big 12. And so fans seem very happy about it.
3: What was the coolest thing you saw on the horseback wildlife ride?
2: Uh... Well, we did 100 miles, and uh, yeah, wow. we, we did see a moose one day. That was kind of cool. We came riding ride along. There was a moose off to about you know 60 yards off to our left. and So that was probably the coolest thing we saw. We didn't see a lot of people during that time because we are up in the middle of nowhere. But well, that's that was a good week.
3: Yeah, that's, that's a good thing, not to see yeah, yeah, without question. <laughs> Mark Johnson, the longtime voice of the Colorado Buffaloes, entering Season 19 as the play-by-play voice of the Buffs. Pretty amazing. First-ever director of audio broadcasting for the athletic department as well. Joining us ahead of a much-anticipated football season in Boulder, which is cool. Mark, I always appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much.
2: All right, D.G. Take care.
3: Mark Johnson joining us, the voice of the Buffaloes. Probably one of the only, one of the rare play-by-play guys in college sports who can wear a 10-gallon hat, hop on a horseback, and ride 100 miles through the wilderness of Wyoming. I would say most play-by-play guys not built out of that fabric, which is why I love Mark. He's awesome, plus his voice is just. You know, if you if you are a broadcaster... You dream about having a great voice and you just, you, you adore and admire those with really great voices. And there are some things you can do. You know, there's voice work and voice coaches and can smoke a pack of cigarettes a day, drink a lot of whiskey, what have you, but, and getting older, getting older really helps. But some guys are also just built with it. Mark's got the pipes. He's just. You know, just everything he sounds, everything he says sounds really good. It's like, did James Earl Jones sound like that when he was 25? When did he start sounding like James Earl Jones? Because that's like him and Morgan Freeman are the voice of God. Mark, Mark Johnson could then be in that next level of the voice of God. He's just amazing.
2: It's the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio.
3: All right, it's a thirsty Thursday. Thanks for being with us. Listen to the brand-new PGP. It's the show about the show, the show within the show. It's available right now. Brand-new permission-granted podcast. Everywhere that you get your pods, just search permission-granted or it's on the normal DA Show podcast feed. Sam tweets, I'm toasting to your new dad shoes. If we bought it, we liked it. Hashtag cheers, bucko. Booskies. I posted on Instagram over the weekend, actually earlier this week, that over the weekend I got a new pair of sneakers. I got outdoor sneakers. You guys know if you do yard work around the house or whatever, you need a pair of sneakers that you just can beat up. Grass stains and holes in them and you're climbing in the attic with them or whatever, you know. And so I just have a pair of these new balances that have been beat to shreds. So I need them. They're disintegrating. I need a replacement. So I'm like, well, I'm going to beat the next pair to shreds anyway. I'm not going to wear them out. I'm not going to wear them to work or out to dinner or something. So I'll just buy a cheap pair of sneakers. I actually went to DSW, stopped in there, and every pair of sneakers was like 60 to $70. bucks. i am like, no, no. I need a pair of cheap sneakers that I'm really going to beat the hell out of, and I don't care. So I went online. I went to Zappos, and they were like $35 pair of Under I'm like, great. So I just ordered them and they came and I thought that they were gonna be pretty ugly because they were 35 bucks and they were dirt cheap and they're under armors, which I don't know too much about the sneaker game, but I don't think they're cool. I don't really know, but I don't think. And I opened them up and I said, wait a second, maybe these actually are kind of cool. So I put them on, I said, I think they might be cool. Now, they're kind of like a light greenish, which is weird, which is why I think that they were cheap, but colored sneakers are in these days. The more garish the color, sometimes the cooler they are. And I'm like, these might actually be kind of cool. So I went to my wife and said, am I crazy? Are these actually cool? And she looked at him and said, no, they're ugly. They're hideous. I said, oh, okay, good. I want them to be ugly. I want to beat the tar out of them. Then I put them on I said, I don't know. I think they might be cool. So I posted on social media and Sam says, they're dad sneakers, they're dad shoes. So you know what? If you bought them, you should like them. I just want to make sure I don't feel bad about buying a brand new pair of sneakers and then like getting the weed whacker caught in them. <laughs> you know? Thomas tweets, I'm toasting to our own Pete the Body for going above and beyond for the new producer search. And all this despite having an infinite home on behalf of the company, I thank you <laughs> that. Thank you very much. Hashtag toast, them. toast, toast them. Overall, have you been impressed by the talent you've seen, underwhelmed by the talent you've seen, or it's about what you expected?
0: Uh... It's a little more than I expected. Okay, I'm impressed with a, with a bunch of people.
3: Okay, all right. Yeah, I I said this on side A of the PGP. I've been impressed by the number of applicants we've had. That the interest level is really there around the country, not just in house, and that's been pretty cool to see.
0: For sure, you got a lot of people coming in very prepared, and um, and I I'm sure and I, I'm sure everybody out there appreciates that as well as we look for the new uh, producer of the show. I am
3: a little torn, though, on Ryan Hickey wearing a tuxedo. Obviously, I like (laughs) people who dress up. I like people who dress professionally. Coming in for this job, I wanted somebody. I want somebody that, that takes it seriously, and I think attire is a good start. But a tuxedo feels like he's kind of making a bit out of it. Oh.
0: Well, I'm still trying to figure out if he was. As <laughs> okay.
3: Gelb's producer, I don't know how I feel about. The
0: he tuxedo. did say that the tuxedo was one he had bought for something else. So my thought but is
3: still, you got to have a suit for a regular interview. Yeah, Do you need a tuxedo. You probably want to
0: get some use out of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I if you're, know, bu- you're buying a tuxedo, you're, you're only using it once, basically.
3: I don't know. I just, I feel like it was a bit like he wouldn't have normally dressed up, but he knew that I would talk about it. And so now the tuxedo is kind of like a tongue in cheek. And I don't want tongue in cheek for the interview. I want serious for the interview. That's right. Sports. Sports. Serious. Sports. Sports. Florida state officials are contemplating a break from the ACC. One trustee says not a matter of if, but how, and when the problem with the ACC is not that they're not stable. It's that they're actually too stable as everybody's contracts. Television contracts have been renewed recently. The big 10, the SEC got monster deals. Those monster deals got monster, you know, money coming back for each and every school. And so the big 10, the SEC, are looking at about $50 million per school per year. And that ultimately, that could increase if your conference wins a national championship, how many slots in the college football playoff your your conference gets, bowl revenue, the NCAA tournament. So there are some SEC or Big Ten schools that could be looking at well north of $50 million per year per conference and or per year per school and florida state is in the acc and they're looking at about 30 million dollars a year as the rest of the acc schools are now 30 million bucks a year is really good if you're in the pac-12 it's really good if you're in the big 12 if you're comparing yourself to the big 10 of the sec it's not so great and the issue is they can't renew or renegotiate a deal For 13 years, this current deal is through 2036. Now, they signed this deal a couple of years ago with the intention of, hey, this creates ultimate stability. We have a television deal that's going to run 20 years. So this is great. We'll have a conference intact for 20 years. We will survive the fallout. The problem is, as rights fees go up, well, you're leaving money at the doorstep. And so FSU has talked about this. I mean, trustees and people have talked about this, and now they're talking about it again. There is a solution to this, and the solution is for the schools that earn more money for the conference, they get a bigger payout. And this has been anti what most of these conferences have been about for a long time, that Vanderbilt makes as much as Alabama based on a television deal. Alabama will bring in revenue based on their bowl game or their ticket sales or their X, Y, and Z, their donors, et cetera, but television deal equally distributed throughout the conference. And the way to fix this in the ACC is you change the payouts, Based on the importance of the schools. Now, I don't know what the metrics look like. That's for the conference commissioner and the ADs to work out. But I'm a Syracuse grad. I don't think Syracuse and Wake Forest and Boston College should earn as much as Clemson and Florida State. I don't. And... People may argue, hey, you need somebody to play, so you need the Syracuses and Wake Forest and Boston Colleges of the world. And that's true. But the value of the television contract for ESPN to put ACC games on isn't for Wake Forest and Syracuse. It's just not. And you've got to live in reality. Sometimes I like to watch my alma mater play football. Oftentimes I don't because they're not very good. Sometimes I do. But when Syracuse plays Wake Forest, that's not the reason that ESPN is paying money for the contract. They're paying it for Florida State. They're paying it for Miami. They're paying it for Clemson and Virginia Tech and North Carolina. I mean, and you just got to live in a reality. The reality is some schools don't deserve the same payout. I mean, no offense to Indiana, no offense to Rutgers and Northwestern, they don't deserve the same payout as Ohio State and Michigan. Nobody's coming to that football conference eyeballs-wise for those schools. Can it change? Sure, if you go on a run, you get a good coach, you suddenly are good, fine. was the 2020 year where Indiana was really fun and, and that was a great season, the Michael Penix year. Yeah, but ultimately Fox didn't shell out $60 bucks a year because they want Indiana Northwestern. So if we could live in this reality and people weren't offended, which I'm sure the lesser schools were like, oh, we would never go for that. But look, would you rather lose Florida State? Now, is this a a jerk move in some ways? Yeah, in some ways it is because you're destabilizing your conference and you've bought into this deal. And sorry, I mean, you signed the dotted line. So it's like James Harden shooting his way out of a, a contract. Hey, you signed the deal, dude. So Florida State, you signed this deal. Your name, your signatures, your presidents and chancellors and trustees and ADs, you all agreed on it. Now suddenly it's no good. So, yeah, it is a dirtbag move in some ways. However, who might argue that they're not worth more than the also-rans of the conference? They are because, let's face it, you Now, the ACC's a bit of a bad example because basically Clemson matters and nobody else does. It would be nice if Florida State would win a little bit. Like, you want to help out the ACC Seminoles? Can you start winning a little bit more? The whole idea behind the ACC was going to be Miami, Florida State, Virginia Tech, and Clemson were set on opposite sides of the the leagues so that you guys actually played for the ACC title and it mattered. And instead, it's been Clemson and nobody else for a long time. So it would be nice, Florida State, if before you started asking or demanding for more money or we will leave at gunpoint, you would start winning a little bit more. I would appreciate that. But neither here nor there, you know, if this was a conference that had Duke, Syracuse, Boston College, Wake Forest, NC State, you know, nobody would want to watch that football conference. You wouldn't get that contract. You'd get a good basketball deal. But nobody wants to watch that football conference. So you can't act like you really do demand the same amount of, of payouts. You can't you can't even pretend that. Standing by our final headlines of the morning is a kind sir, Andrew Bogish. Bogus, did you get your Taco Bell breakfast?
5: Yes, I did, sir. Thank you very much. It is my it's number one of my power rankings right now, fast food breakfast. So it is a very, very welcome treat. Thank you I very thought much.
3: Of, yeah, you got it. I thought about
5: you specifically saying that the other day when you said
3: the Wendy's breakfast is really good, but when Boyle introduced us to the Taco Bell breakfast, it kind of blew your hair back, opened up your eyes, that you consider it the number one breakfast. And so I was wondering if another round you'd still feel that way with a Crunchwrap this
5: morning. Oh, I mean, this is at least round three or four. There's been follow-up visits because (laughs) of the first one from from Timmy Doyle. So this is, I can't be swayed. It's up to everybody else. The clown... Mr. Thomas, they got to go back to the drawing board the clown. <laughs> and figure out something new Ronald, to you because I've been through all of them and nothing's beaten that crunch wrap the sauce, the hash brown in there, the warm pocket of the tortilla. I mean, it's just it's perfect.
0: I think I think they're just number one overall in the fast food game.
5: I wouldn't go that far.
0: I, I think it's them and Chick-fil-A, but I think but they're in they're in parallel lanes.
3: Really? Yes. Wow, high praise for the Bell.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I you, you're never disappointed when you go to the Bell, I feel like. Okay, all right. Hmm.
3: And Boyle, were you able to pawn off some of those cinnamon bites to Carlos with a K, or as Mraz called him, Carlos with a gut? <laughs> <laughs> we think. I mean, I pawned him off to Bogus to deliver to Kaplan and then
4: give the scraps to Carlos with a K. Um, and so I don't know what happened after that. But, yeah, D.A., you're the man. What a gift. What a treat. Thank you so much.
3: It's so funny. Thoroughly enjoyed it. It's just so easy to win any type of acclaim. I said this yesterday. If you're a boss or in any position, it don't even have to be a boss. Just buy your staff breakfast. Everybody's on cloud nine. I couldn't believe yesterday the jolt of electricity that that showered through the studios when we got a couple of breakfast sandwiches from Wendy's. Holy crap. People are dancing in the aisles.
5: I've said this more than once in, in serious conversations around this place, which has, you know, everybody's, everybody's always like more, right? More higher uh, higher salaries, more benefits, whatever. Yes. And there are times where we were like, you know, complain about maybe other places that we heard of had better setups, whatever. And I would say like every once in a while, just if there were just a dozen bagels and some cream cheese sitting here, like it would go so far uh-huh. and make right. up for some of the other stuff. Um, like even Pete can tell you, The legendary Mike Francesa, one of the many things he would do is the first Thursday of March Madness, there'd be eight pizzas and soda here. And people talk about it because he didn't have to do it, but it became like a tradition. It's little things that go really far. And today was a crunch wrap.
3: It's why Facebook Meta has that incredible snack counter for all their employees. Because, I mean, whatever that is, it's a drop of the bucket to them but every employee there goes gaga over and starts stuffing their, <laughs> their pockets with Lorna Doones oh, they go it gets, home on. That's mm-hmm. when it gets bad when they start, they start yeah, to stuff I know. The, the pockets. Yeah. I know, but, <laughs> it's, but, I mean, it goes a long way. I mean, it's like, wow, I get Free Race Crispy bars? I'm in. I'll, <laughs> I'll work 12-hour shifts.
4: It's pretty sad, I guess, if you think about it, uh, how weak-minded. My, oh, yeah. I'll speak for myself. How weak-minded I am. That I can be incentivized heavily by just food. So, idea you gotta you got go to fourth down play right there in your
5: in your playbook from now right. on. You know what? Take tomorrow off, D. A. We got it. Yeah, yeah right. Seriously, right. as a thank you, you rest tomorrow. We got okay. the show. Don't worry about
3: you it. Never take a Friday off. Just. Uh, uh Let alone off. Well, it it just so happens this is a Friday in the summer. So you know what? That is my Sabbath. That is when I rest. Oh, okay.
1: So tomorrow tomorrow (laughs) I just...
3: I just do All right, DM. We'll
4: get we'll get a, another broadcaster tomorrow for Bogues. We'll get an NFL player and uh you you take the weekend off.
3: All right. That sounds like a good plan. Yeah. Bogues, what do we have on headlines?
5: Uh it was eighteen ninety-seven. They were called the Colts, and Jody Mack was their bad boy. <laughs> That's on. the last time the Cubs scored like this. Come on. <laughs> Over back Practice to back games.
3: <laughs> was their bat boy in eighteen ninety? <laughs> he rode a rail car to the game. <laughs> <laughs> ah, see? <laughs> There's a bad boy, There's Jody The boy. <laughs> Black and white newsreel footage in an old wooden stadium that was caught on fire in the left field stands the Tuesday earlier. Hey, and hey, hey. the boy. Yeah.
5: Cap Anson just homered and Jody's getting his bat.
1: <laughs> hurry, hurry, step this way,
4: the strangest sights on the island. Here he comes, Honus
3: Wagner and his bat boy, Jody Mack. On the same day, Kentucky found statehood. (laughs) (laughs) They call it New Netherland. Yeah. We've bought
5: Louisiana and the Colts roughed up the Red Stockings 16 to 6.
0: <laughs> Smelly Hoover pitched 300, 300 Smelly pitches. Hoover. <laughs> Smelly Hoover. Nine of <laughs> links, 300
3: pitches. <laughs> boom Boom McGee the Grand Slam. And look at how active that bat boy is, <laughs> running to and fro. Turning his bats of his heroes back to the dugout.
0: <laughs> yes.
3: Short slips of paper coming out of his pocket. We don't know what they are. He'll surely go to the hot air balloon festival down the road at the end of the week. And here's Pebbles Dunkerson exchanging sunflower seeds with Jody Mack. Presumably over a horse bet. Pebbles Dunkerson. Pebbles Dunkerson. Up next to Nickelodeon. <laughs> Smelly Hoover to Pebbles Dunkus in, and that's another strike.
4: <laughs> Whatever became of little Smedley Hoover?
3: Smedley Hoover and Pebbles Dunkerson. Oh, my. Get out of the way, please. Oh, well, by Monday, if we don't have an at Pebbles Dunkerson on Twitter. That's
5: <laughs> or a Smedley Hoover.
0: At Smedley
5: Hoover. Smedley Hoover. Smedley Hoover. Uh, the current Cubs.
0: <laughs> oh, President Taft is at the game. He's throwing out a first pitch from the stands. <laughs> Look at everybody clapping
3: and laughing. <laughs> all 32 states represented on the flag <laughs> top of the Stadium. It's a capacity crowd of 7,000 here at the ballpark. <laughs> just men. Just men. The <laughs> ladies with their flappers doing a dance routine for the crowd. <laughs> They're all pressed against the outfield wall. Actually, there is no wall. There is no anything out in right field. There's just a cow pasture. <laughs> But again, it's all men. All men. (laughs) A sold out crowd of 346 men with mustachios. (laughs) Not (laughs) a swim pants in sight. sight. (laughs) And this second inning is brought to you by Parliament Cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) Parliament also brings you the tincture that will cure scurvy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) At your local barber shop. <laughs> 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 oh. We good?
5: No. <laughs> yeah, like, All know, right, just interrupt when you need to. Uh, a 16-6 <laughs> win for the Cubs over the Reds last night, on the heels of that 29 route two nights before. Uh, I believe these Cubs are the first team ever to follow a 20-run game with another in double figures. Wow. Either way, the Cubs have won 10 of 12. They are now two and a half games out of a wild card spot, three back in the NL Central. The Reds, meanwhile, need to get out of town. Manager David Bell. Two tough games.
1: You know, that's, that's really
0: all it is. We're not going to make more of it than that. It doesn't change who we are or where we are or anything about any individual on a team or who we are as a team. It's it's
1: that simple.
5: His Reds still lead the division a half game better than the Brewers, who lost in Washington yesterday afternoon. The Dodgers hammered the A's 10-1, the Giants 4, the Diamondbacks 2, and the Marlins won a thriller over the Phillies. The
3: 0-1 pitch. Here's a swing and a blooper. Left field! Base hit! The Marlins
1: win it in the bottom of the 12! They have done it!
5: As heard on Marlins Radio, Miami scored in the 8th and the ninth to finish erasing an early 5 nothing hole. Then they scored in the 10th and the 11th to extend the game before winning in 12-9-8. They are the second team in the last 50 seasons to score in those five consecutive frames. The Rangers rolled the White Sox 11-1 to keep their half-game lead on the Astros in the AL West. The Orioles fell in Toronto 4-1, but the Rays lost at Yankee Stadium 7-2, so Baltimore keeps its game-and-a-half lead in the AL East. The Big Ten may be preparing to raid the Pac-12 again. The conference reportedly considering at least Oregon and Washington, maybe Stanford and Cal too. All four would make a 20-team conference. The Pac-12 also dealing with a meeting today, about Arizona and Arizona State's athletic futures. Major drama on the final day of Group H at the Women's World Cup. Germany and South Korea played to a 1-1 draw, while Morocco surprised Colombia 1-0. Those last two nations reached the knockout stage. Germany fails to advance. For the first time ever, stateside, Messi scored twice last night. Inter-Miami beat Orlando City 3-1 to reach the League's Cup round of 16. And your fiending can end soon. There's an NFL game tonight if you consider the Hall of Fame game a game. Uh, The Jets and Browns in Canton shortly after 8 Eastern. Schwarz will be there. What do we think? We
3: got a little action on this game? I mean, come on. It's always so enticing to throw a few shekels on the Hall of Fame game because it's the first But then you realize nobody that you've ever heard of plays in this game. It's not even like a preseason game for the coaches. It's like a special team's walkthrough.
5: I think Schwartz is guest coaching.
3: (laughs) He might be guest playing. I wouldn't be surprised if his son is the long snapper. (laughs) He's definitely going to try out. I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can pull the trigger because it's such an ill-informed bet. What do you think, Boyle? Uh, yeah. I mean,
5: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't even again. watch it, let alone bet on it.
3: Do we? Wait, what do you mean you can't watch it? Well, see, the good thing here, Bogues, is that you don't have to do one to do the other. The whole point is you can actually bet on a lot of things that you don't have to watch. True,
5: True. but I'm just trying to stress how little I think of this game. I do. I, if I was home tonight in front of a television, it probably would not be on my TV. Yeah. So there's certainly no chance I'm going to bring myself to put money on it.
0: Well, with that orange and blue team out, it might be on my TV.
5: Mm, Unless right, got a
0: good movie
4: on. I've got a line. Okay. The Jets are one-and-a-half point favorites. Here you go. Here's your bet of the night. The over, over-under, 33-and-a-half.
3: Oh, that's absurd. That's a, I actually think, number.
5: though, that there is a historical note about this game and right. the scoring in it. I, I, it's like I,
3: one of the lowest-scoring preseason games, right, every I, year?
5: Yeah, and I feel like this even, might even have come up specifically last year that they have like some crazy yes. stretch where it's always been the under.
3: I know, and I bet the over, I think, last year in the Hall of Fame game <laughs> yeah. was a topic on the show, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> That's right. That was a big start for the Wizard yeah. last year. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All
4: right, here we go. Since 2000, the under is 12-8 and eight in the Hall of Fame game. All right. 7-3 so no. as- okay. in the last 10. It's the Wizard of us. Since twenty fourteen only two teams have scored twenty or more points in the Hall of Fame
3: game. That's how crappy this game is. <laughs> so let's hammer the over. There's a the
5: voice of a wizard out of the small box predicting the Colts will win. Wizard, wizard. <laughs>
3: Even the D.A. show is not perfect. We know. Shocking. Here's the epic feel. Uh If you've heard the update today, Bogues has
5: taken some runs at our friend Jody Mack, and that's just not right. Here's one of them. The 36 runs the most the Cubs have scored in back-to-back games since 1897 when they were called the Colts and a youngish Jody Mack was their radio voice.
3: Come on! (laughs) That's not right.
5: (laughs) That is not right. (laughs) What are the I just like that Pete knew it was coming before I got there. The early laugh. (laughs) The show, Mr.
3: Mandalorian. And I'm gonna be a Crojity old, you know what, if I last another 40 years. You still at the track? What's the track even there? <laughs> He's betting on Man of War. <laughs> <laughs> Man of War's grandfather.
0: Let's go, Nazareth. Let's go. Let's go, Nazareth.
3: Why, I used to be great with Mal, who does the old school,
5: new th- school thing quite well mixing today's analytics. I think <laughs> in 1897, you're still betting wooden nickels. I had
3: 40 shillings on
5: Seattle Slough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 10 pounds and 8 sixpence, whatever it's called. <laughs> like 8 water buckets,
4: son.
5: <laughs> Step off a curb. Get hit by a bus. uh... There wasn't even money. You just bet favors. It was all trading, (laughs) bartering. (laughs) (laughs) It was goods. I got two bags of flour on that horse. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and three fence posts.
0: <laughs> this piece of lumber.
5: <laughs> and down the stretch they come. Get a little of the junk off the top of that one, too. Here's my pocket watch. <laughs> and three
3: golden nuggets. If you bring it downtown, you'll see the value of these.
5: I got a deed on a plot of land in the Nebraska country. <laughs>
3: Let me put that. 672 hectares in nebraska <laughs> i would have won well he paid more than six so john owes me a hot dog epic fail you loser that is why you fail epic fail oh, that was funny a lot of good toasts today king curtis is toasting his co-worker colleen she was sick for two weeks and came back yesterday with a vengeance I'm super happy that she's back. Hashtag unstoppable. Booskies! Hashtag Incogni- toast em. Incognito man is toasting the group of D-Aliens that got D-A and Pete the Body and the Bourbon Bell gift card. Very awesome gesture, ladies and gentlemen. Hashtag toast them. No doubt. I mean, an amazing gesture. Bubba Beard says, I'm toasting football season and all the betting in our future. Looking forward to spending more time together. Hashtag quality time. Hashtag, Booskies.
5: Booskies.
3: Hashtag toast them. Quality time with your fan duel account. And ostracized with a serious one. I've had the toughest week of my life. I don't want to be a downer, but I lost my dad. This show helped me get out of bed every day. I owe you guys. Thank you for being you. Don't stop. You guys make a difference. Hashtag Booskies. Booskies. Ostragize. It's beyond just us on the show. You've got a great group of listeners here that care about one another, that pull each other up when they're down. And I'm sure if you need any of them, they are right there in your corner, man. But we're sorry to hear about your loss and glad that maybe we can add a little bit of levity to a tough week. I mean, we've all been there losing a loved one, and you just – it's. It's brutal because you just feel like this is the rest of my life. I got to feel this way. And ultimately, it gets a little bit easier, a little bit easier, a little bit easier. It takes a long time, but it gets a little bit easier, a little bit easier. And just know that the pain that you feel right now is temporary and you'll always remember the good times. But, you know, it's always hard, but it does get a little bit easier. So stick with it, man. All right. Thanks to the crew back there. Awesome job as always. Pat Boyle, executive producer. Pete the Body, Bellotti on the Wheels of Steel and Audio director. Andrew Bogish on your headlines. Andrew Kaplan, the Wizard of Watch. Da. Be good and be good to one another. I'm Da. I'll see you next week. The mothership disconnects. <laughs>